across the board. Yeah, that that would be a, and that would be great. Say like the highest yeah. whiskey ever rated on this maybe, show. Maybe maybe pretend you're the Russian judge right now. Welcome once again to Chill Filter, the podcast where we drink whiskey, so you don't have to, but you probably should. You probably are, and, and that's why we like you. And that's why we like these folks here, the Bourbon Van, so graciously coming on the show because they like drinking whiskey like we do. Uh, before we get to anything with them, though, if you want to support the podcast monetarily, hit us up on patreon.com slash chillfiltered and get on one of those tiers, especially like the $10 tier is great because you get to do drink along, which is awesome. We don't know how long that's going to be around because it's it, Cole does an amazing job with that and it's tricky. Uh, other than that, hit us up on Instagram. That's where we reside most often if you want to get a conversation. Um, other than that, got the bourbon van here. So excited to have you guys on. Some more Pacific Northwesters here. How are you guys doing? Great. Good. Yeah. yeah. So excited to be here. Thanks for having us. Well, I, I have to admit, um on our podcast i am slightly less obnoxious than i was on matt madness i uh, got a little I, I got a little too fired up i drank a little too much beforehand and i as matt would say i was slammered and it was a disaster so no. you, look what it did for your performance yeah <laughs> it moved you forward whatever I, works you know well, I can't, no, winners don't apologize man oh man uh i so here's my thing i am not a competitive person if other people aren't competitive and you guys were just so like relaxed and it's like, <laughs> I, it's fine by me. And then lo and behold, it, uh, you know, I got the win over you guys and uh, I'm sorry. That sounded very prideful. No, no. not at all. L- let me ask you this. Okay. It, so as we're recording this, it, it just finished, right? Was it Friday night? Yeah. Friday night. Final. Could you have even, stayed engaged for that amount of time that was a long series when did we when did when was it march (laughs) oh gosh i yeah it it might have been the end of february we're doing like the preliminary preliminary rounds no matt is amazing he's amazing like like i so cole is like he's the heavy lifter he's like the brains and the brawn of our podcast (laughs) and i don't know how he does that and it's just usually him and i and he's just got to like you know, whip me into shape and get me in line. But I'm like, how does Matt do this every week? Get samples yeah. out, get all these people lined up and ready to go. Like it, it like I'm so Cole's out right now. This is our first episode in July. It'll come out uh, that first week, Monday there. Um, so he's out for July because he's got a uh, new baby. New baby's going to be born here at the end of June. And I'm like, I'm trying to like line people up. I, I can't do it. I have no idea how Matt does it. He's amazing. I know it's it's really incredible. I mean, all the work to, yeah, like you said, to get the samples out, to have things to talk about, to have, you know, what the samples are, what the questions are, all the stuff. I mean, it's incredible. And then to be entertaining on top of it. And to be entertaining. Yeah. (laughs) By the the time the show starts, I'd be exhausted. I'd be in a mood. We're done. We're done. Show's over. Sorry. Yeah. All right. So you guys are from Bend. Is that right? That is correct. Bend, Oregon. Tell me a little bit about your channel. Tell me about your like whiskey journey. How did how did you get from where you've been to this glorious stage right now? Um, accident mostly. Uh, <laughs> you know, it kind of was. It, it was it was a. I don't know. As far as our whiskey journey goes, we used to live in Indiana in the Midwest, and and of course Indiana's in the Midwest, and Kentucky <laughs> is very close, and it was a six hour trip um, each time. Cat wants to party today. Uh, it was a six-hour trip to uh, to Louisville, and we loved it. You know, it was a it was an annual thing that we did. We had friends there, and uh, so it was a nice way for us to sneak down every year uh, when we lived in Indiana, and then when we lived in Chicago too. And then when we moved out west, we kind of got away from it quite a bit. And it wasn't until the pandemic when we kind of had oh boy, here she comes. Uh, when we oh, had more, on. we have so many interruptions. Like I guarantee you, Mike, is that? <laughs> Is the name Norman? Is the cat Norman? That was the name of the other cat who passed away cat. a little over oh, a year ago. This is, oh, I'm sorry. This is Silly Mavis, uh, who is a goofball Silly and is uh, very energetic and crazy. Um, but yeah, in on the West Coast here, we started to get more into whiskey again and uh, just needed a, a creative outlet during the pandemic. Decided to record a couple videos, see how it went, and thought if we get a thousand views, that'll be cool. And then or a thousand, you know, a thousand views would be great. A thousand subscribers would be great. And then, you know, beyond that, we'll get on to having other hobbies. Um, and it, it honestly, it just got away from us. And nice. now we're, now we're stuck with it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good, it's a good place to be stuck though. No, I'm yeah. so like Cole started the podcast with this guy named Adam. Adam got 
diabetes and is like, I'm done drinking. And it's the funny thing is like a month before that happened, I had this dream where I texted him. I'm like, dude, I just had this dream where like you guys asked me to help co-host the podcast. And then all that happened, then Cole calls me up one day. He's like, we're doing, you're in, right? And I'm like, yeah, I'm in, you know, you just kind of fall into it. And when we started it, like we didn't have enough whiskey to drink. Like mm-hmm. it was always like, okay, what bottles are you buying next month? What bottles am I buying next month? And yep. since then, like we've got like just these amazing listeners who got my, my sample bottles were, were full. Like it's the shelf is stocked with samples. We've got episodes for days and it's just like, well, now we can't stop. We like, you know what I mean? Like you kind of build a following and you get people like a community going and it's like the best. And that's, I was gonna say, that's basically how we started to Phil, Phil was watching whiskey tube and was like, this could be fun. We should try this out. Um, We like whiskey basically. And he (laughs) wanted to do an advent tournament. And we, what do you think we had maybe like with seven or 10 bottles of like, we went from having 17 bottles to 34 bottles just to have an advent tournament. We're like, well, we, if we want to do this, we have to buy some (laughs) bourbon. So we did. (laughs) But we know, we know the feeling of the, of the sample bottle pile up. Yeah, um, we've got so many, and people always reach out to us and go, "Hey, did you try this? Did you try this?" And I go, "We're working on it." It's, it's, <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to keep up with. It's hard yeah. to keep up with. Like when you, yeah, it's. I think whiskey is a cool community because people are like, people who really like whiskey want to share whiskey with people who like whiskey, mm-hmm. and it is amazing. Like it's just it's it's crazy to me. Well, it's getting so, more fun too because of the exotic flavors because you've got terroir all over the country and all these real solid distilleries have been making things and aging things for years now. So there's this influx, this growth of the available, you know, quality items out there. It's making it harder and harder to keep up with for all of us. It's a great problem to have. Um, okay. So the bourbon van, we've talked about your bourbon. What about your van life? Like you guys have a house, mm-hmm. but you have a van. So yes. what's van life look like for you guys? As often as we can, um, that's that's the thing. It, right right now, this year has been weekenders for the yeah, most part. We've been trying to take a lot of long weekenders. We did a, a like a week and a half mm-hmm. already in the van. We don't. It, it's not a winterized vehicle, so we rarely take it out in the winter, which is unfortunate. Yeah, but, we we would love to spend more time in the yeah. south over the winter. But for the last since twenty twenty, um, since we started the channel at least 50% of all of our time spent has been in the van uh, on road trips and extended road trips. So uh, we're, we're not home all that often, although this year it looks like we'll probably spend more time in the house than not. Yeah. yeah, we've been, I think we've been traveling so much that we just wanted to explore our own backyard again. You know, you kind of get away from that because there's so many cool places to visit in the U S I mean, everywhere, but in the van in the U S and I think this year we both decided it'd be kind of nice to be closer in and then mm-hmm. see more of you know your own state versus the other state so yeah well we also had big big goals for the fall this year yeah for training and for running and races and things and that hasn't panned out at all so um <laughs> now we're trying to fill our time with whiskey yeah <laughs> yeah uh, one of them's healthier i don't know which but you mm-hmm. know they're both good goals um so i gotta have to ask you this too because i am uh like ever since like the real world came out in like what some like 92 or something. I've been a uh, like, like it's, I've mentioned this a couple episodes ago. I have like, it's my, what is it? When you guilty pleasure, I love reality TV. Um, I love like today I was watching uh, little people, big world, which is somewhere near your parts in Oregon. Like I love that stuff, but like, are there any, I, and the, so I think in the, I used to watch, uh, my self-reliance it's a guy in canada builds a cabin with like just hand tools yeah. and then like it gave me all these suggestions for like these people building houses well it turns out it's like all these van lifers who like got stuck but like are there any van life youtubers that you guys really like to watch or is it just you're the best and no one else should watch anything else <laughs> uh, when it comes to van life stuff like i don't i don't really watch much of anything so this is definitely her yeah I, I think i kind of got into it and i'm actually watching people that posted like years and years and years ago, you know, now there's like 
five years worth of content that I'm just catching up on. Um, I think it all started for me. I, I found this couple, Eamon and Beck, they're Canadian. I love um, Eamon and Beck. Yep. And so we started watching them years ago. And they've kind of like transitioned now out of van life and they've got their cottage and all the stuff. Um, medical found... stuff. And now they're like all carinated up and they're all like yep. traveling and doing challenges. And I, I told you, this is my guilty pleasure. I, saw I know. <laughs> and so I, I actually found Karen Nate, I think through a Patreon who was like, you don't watch them, you should watch them. And so I started, you try to start at the beginning, but everyone's first videos are always so horrible, you know, like until included. you get into the flow, like included, <laughs> including ours. Some of our terrible. recent ones aren't that good, yeah. to be honest. Um, so <laughs> I, like they're trying to do the hundred countries and I think I'm at like country 90. So like that was like three years ago. Like we haven't even hit the pandemic yet in their world. And so like, I'm so far behind in that. And then the other one I really like is, um, bound for nowhere and they Ooh. have a um a truck camper and they're really cool because they i think he's a videographer mm -hmm. like a professional videographer she takes photography and now they're getting sponsored i guess by like you know bigger companies and they do more of these like seven part series and they're just beautiful like the video, you know, it's not just us holding a camera and talking it's into just it. Just the like, GoPro they have, and like, a Canon and all kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah they, they know how to use their equipment. Yeah, and that's helpful, I guess, for running a YouTube channel. We wouldn't yeah, know. Yeah, we about wouldn't that. know anything about that. Um, but <laughs> that's what. We all do. right. Yeah. So they're videographers. Julie, you do travel marketing, and yes. Phil mentioned that. And Phil, what do you do? I have a technology company, um, e-learning websites and applications. So. Oh my gosh. So how during the pandemic with an e-learning website, did you have time to do anything else other than troubleshoot educational stuff? Um, you know, once, once you develop some e-learning and you have a, a base for it, once you can put it into a template, then it's really just writing it and producing it. And that's not so bad. And then... And your company's more for... It's businesses, not... Schools. Okay, not like... Yeah. Right, yeah. So okay. it's it's it's... A lot of corporate training, that sort of thing, but also uh, we've developed some specific platforms that that my team manages, and so we design and develop for that specific platform. So it's really was just keeping it up and running and making sure clients were happy. And gotcha. uh, it was busy, no doubt, but um, we already had a really solid infrastructure, so it wasn't overly difficult to manage. Awesome. Okay, that makes sense. Um, other question for you, so. In a couple of weeks, I am taking my three daughters. I got a 13-year-old, and I got, I'll have, they'll be six by the time I go, with my father-in-law's Mercedes van to Yellowstone. Any van life tips you can throw my way of, like, make sure to take care of this and do not ever do that. Hmm. It depends on the amenities of the van. I'm sure it's nice. Yeah. It is, um, yeah. He got it built out by a company, so it's got, yeah. uh, it's got like the traditional RV, like black tank and stuff like that. So, yeah. yeah I, so number one, don't wait too long to dump the black, black, black tank. <laughs> yeah. do, do that when the time, when time allows. Don't yes. wait too long because we've seen friends who waited too long, and then it's, it, you wouldn't want to be an inexperienced. It turns into like a fecal like fiasco. That. Yeah. My I think my biggest tip is that the van is not where you spend your time. It is a very small place. So make sure you have things to do outside. So whether that's chairs to sit in, blankets, maybe, you know, you have three girls, so maybe games for them. Totally. Because, you know, obviously if the weather's not good, then maybe definitely games for inside. But you know, the majority of the time spent, you're trying to get away from being in the van, right? Because you can feel pretty claustrophobic if yeah, you're I just stuck in there. Yeah. So it's bedtime. Yeah, so it's like <laughs> your life live. You try to live your life outside of the van. I yeah. think the beauty of the of van life is that at the end of the day, you're usually even just like if you're at a campground and you're getting up only just to walk to the bathroom and back. You do this several times a day. It's way more outdoor time and walking time than you would spend in the house. So by the end of the day, you're usually wiped out and ready to crash. Yeah. And then it's not a big deal for everybody to get in the van. Yeah. But yeah, it's not a place that you want to spend a ton of time. And I would say, like you said, just yeah. get outside as much as possible and enjoy the fresh air. And you'll probably like it more towards the end than the beginning because it is a little bit of a dance, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, especially if you're putting, you putting five people in the van. It'd be four. 
four so people in the van. Yeah. yeah. My wife's staying home. So just it's a lot of me and the girls. Nice. It is. So I'm planning on bringing like a tent and yep. I'll probably, I'll sleep in the tent and then hopefully the oldest can sleep on the floor and the twins can share the bed. I don't know. It's like, yeah. I don't know what I've got. Like, so I have plans to, I'm like, okay, we're going to, we have yet, we have a campsite for two days in Yellowstone. And then maybe we'll try to do like Glacier or go, to, go towards Rushmore if it's going well. If it's bad, we got one night in Yellowstone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, think my other, I think my other tip is it gets messy really fast. So everything mm. needs to get put away immediately. Yeah, sweep it out at the end of the day yeah. so you don't, or in midday so you're, there's not a bunch of sand and dirt that then it's gets just, into your sleeping bags or into your bed. And it's just, it's literally incredible. Like you, you're, even we struggle with that a little bit. Like it's just the two of us. And I was like, we've literally been in this for 10 minutes. How does this <laughs> uh, look like this already? There's oh. about to be a cat that's oh. going to come flying through. Oh, I love it. Let the cat yeah. fly through. There'll probably be kids flying through here in a second yeah. and a dog barking over here. So it's all good. She was no, like, like we have, so we have three dogs. We have three kids, tw twin five-year-olds and, oh, hey, baby. And uh, like, we're no strangers to like how, like, I thought I just cleaned the house. Like it's yeah. all, ah, like, and we're, yeah. so we're leaving and then we're leaving for Mexico tomorrow. So it's been one of those days where I'm like, nobody's allowed in this room. Nobody's allowed in that room. Like, cause exactly. I know as soon as someone goes in trash. So I can only exactly. imagine what the van's like. It's an entire yeah. house full of caution tape at this point. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Like, like you don't use your bathroom, you know, use mom and yeah. dad's. Why? Like, because I said yeah. so. It's Father's Day. Listen to me. Yeah. So, Just by one yeah. day. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think uh, we'll kind of move it along here. We'll get to our uh, next segment, uh, which we're, we're going to do a little history. We'll do a little drinking. I don't think we've mentioned what we're having. We're going to have a Trails End eight year, and we'll have that when we come back from this break. Hey, we're back. Oh, no, we're not. What, Phil? You're going to interrupt? <laughs> you mentioned Trails End 8, and we don't even have any. You don't? We have Trails End 10. Oh, you drink that. I'll drink this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the only other, I'm sorry. I didn't realize that we were going to drink 8 today. The only th other thing I pulled off the shelf is this sample that we can talk about later. Okay. Uh, that is also Trails End, but it is definitely not yeah. an off-the-shelf product. Okay. Well, you drink that, I'll drink this, and then we can compare notes. We'll see okay. how we'll do a compare and contrast. We have had that previously. Yes, indeed. Okay. And we're back to another poorly planned segment by yours truly. I'll be drinking Trails End 8. The Bourbon Van's drinking Trails End 10. 10. How did this happen? I'm bad at communicating. I was just so excited to get you. I, I don't work the details out, I do awful here. Um, so uh, I'll go ahead and go through a little bit of history here, and then we'll saddle up to some neat pours. So if I can pull my notes up. Oh, goodness gracious. That's the wrong tab. Doing a great job here, Rob. All right. So uh, Trails End's philosophy, the end of one path forms the beginning of another. And that's not, not they say that's not their, just their philosophy. It's their story. Uh, Trails End is a true-born Kentucky-aged bourbon in charred new american oak barrels it then travels to the west on the hood river uh, to hood river oregon where it goes undergoes finishing processes improved with glacier fed spring water from mount hood and then they say what emerges is an instant classic we'll find out in a second here but uh i tell you mount hood you guys gotta love the northwest mount hood helens mm -hmm. rainier i used to teach in uh spanaway washington had a view of mount rainier every morning they're beautiful it's really special. Um, yeah, it is. No, it's, there's nothing like it. You know, you get that when the clouds finally break. It's the most beautiful sight. I love them. Uh, Trails Inn has been rooted in Oregon since 1934 at the Hood River Stillers began by making fruit wines and brandies from apples and pears that were going to waste uh, in excess production from the valley's abundant harvests. Located along the Columbia River with majestic Mount Hood as its backdrop, Hood River Distillers has been as at its current bottling facility in Hood River since 1969. The company has expanded the plant for storage and made production for line upgrades several times throughout the years. Although the core dis distribution began in the Pacific Northwest, they're currently producing close to 1 million cases per year and distributing products nationwide. Um, Hood River, it all started with the founder. Oh my gosh. 
hate the weather pop-up when you accidentally click too low. <laughs> Gosh. It all started with founder and third generation distiller, Ben Capadevil. Did I say that right? Do you know that? Do you guys know this stuff better than I do? I don't actually know that name. Okay. Capadevelli. There we go. That sounds better. That sounds great. Distilled gin as a hobby with his father, Big Jim. After 10 years behind bars and in kitchens, Ben started making Big Gin, uh, aptly named after his father's nickname. Today, head distiller Alex Myers carries on Ben's legacy. You guys know Alex Myers? Did you guys get uh, to meet him? The Alex, um, where is he now? Did he not move on to a different distillery? He might Maybe. have. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they need to update their stuff. Who's the head distiller over there now? Well, we the people that we know are all Clear Creek Distillery. Um, oh, Hood okay. River and Clear Creek is a subsidiary of Hood River, and Clear Creek does the the manufacturing of this particular project product. So we're familiar with this the smaller offshoot of Hood River. Where's, so where's Clear Creek at then? Where, what city is so that in? Clear Creek was in Portland until I actually don't know the full, I don't like beginnings of it, but they have been in Hood River for a considerable amount of time. Part of the reason that they moved to Hood River is because it made it easier for them to get all the fruit and things for all of their brandies. It uh, took, it was like, what was it? 50 miles yeah. off of the round, off, off of each trip with the trucks. So they just moved to where the fruit was. There you go. Get the barges down the Columbia sort of thing. It's a lot mm -hmm. easier. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for uh, reminding me that I am not good at doing history. I'm terrible. Um, <laughs> I only know this stuff because we've met them so many yeah, times. I was like, we're like the worst at looking at stuff. Yeah, when it comes to research, we're very flimsy over here. Cole is the best of this. I'll, I'll do a Cole here right now. You may ask, what's he doing today? Well, today had distilleries. Ben Myers carries on a Ben legacy adding his own expertise big gin's curiosity craft expressions like bourbon barrel big gin they do peat barrel big gin and other single barrel releases um the one that i am sipping is a 90 proof it's about 43 dollars and has won some awards places like san francisco world spirits competition if you want to know more about it find another podcast that talks about it because i'm <laughs> sure they'll do a better job i think actually i think alex is distilling big gin but i think big gin's up in seattle now I could be wrong about that, but I'm I'm pretty sure that that's accurate. You're looking at me. I'm, because I'm we were, I, That's why I know that name because we we emailed back and forth. We were supposed to connect with them when we were in Seattle last year, but we got COVID. All right. <laughs> yes. So that's, that happened. that was that a was thing. That thing that happened. Speaking of things, can I do a thing? Mm -hmm. Can I do a Julie Cork pop? Please. Please. All right. Trails end eight. Let's hear it. Woo. <laughs> i actually heard it pop so that's good that's good that's how i, I always love when you're popping bottles because like you're always surprised like it was good or like it wasn't as good but you always yeah. you're, like you're always but surprised still good. So. we abandoned one that we were going to post the other day because the cork pop was so lousy yeah i, pop, oh. I don't remember what it was but i was like oh wow it was brand. like it was so depressing that i was like that's <laughs> you start was, crying like the last thing you want to do is bring people down with an instagram yeah post. i felt like we were like really excited for it too and then we we're like wow that yeah. was not great no man you <laughs> can't fake the funk on a nasty dunk just go with it man put it out there just yeah. like this is real. This is it. <laughs> All right. So you guys are drinking uh, Trails End 10. Is that correct? Yeah. So I can tell you the, the main main difference between those those two whiskeys. Number one is that, of two course, years. yours is aged for eight years. Ours is aged for 10 years. Number two is that yours is finished in, with Garyana Oak um, barrel staves. Um, and ours is actually finished in a Garyana Oak barrel. Okay. And then lastly, you've got 90 proof and ours is 105 proof. Oh man, everything about ten is better. It sounds like <laughs> we need to get we need to we need to get you a sample. We'll get you a sample. Oh, I'd love it. Yeah, love it. Um, yeah, if you could get us a couple samples, Cole is. So here's the thing: like you guys mentioned, like you come from Indiana and you're close to Kentucky, and there's like so many whiskey experiences over there. But I feel like that's something that lacks in the Northwest. Like a because it's like it's all spread out, right? Mm -hmm. Like you, I mean, to do a bunch of distilleries, you got to like get a bourbon van and you got to drive to like hit up a bunch so it's yeah. changing dramatically though this the the pacific northwest whiskey scene is something else right now um hood river has um uh, what did we just buy wanderback yeah and clear creek and hood river distillers uh portland has distillers row which is mostly gin and vodka and that sort of thing but there are some some whiskeys there including westward um 
And then I love Portland's burns like I don't know where Burnside Rye like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The rye I always try to pick up there. So, and then we we're actually the week after the well, sometime around the time that this comes out, we're uh, going to be on the Wine Country Whiskey Trail, which is new in um, Newburgh area, Wine Country area. Why are my alerts coming through on my phone? Um, it's uh, there's six distilleries within about a 15 minute, 20 minute triangle of each other. Um, and that includes Kildeer, Brixer, um, a satellite uh, location for Bull Run, um, I don't know, six, six different distilleries there. Ransom is over there. Um, and they're all very close to, I believe, Dundee is where we're going to be camped out at. But then, uh, you know, just checking that out over the course of a week and we're going to do a video on that whole area. Oh, um, I can't wait. But it's getting better and better. The Oregon yeah. scene, especially Bull Run in Portland is it's what a great place to go. You got to go so, if you get to Portland. So what, what, what does Bull Run put out? Cause I don't. So Bull Run is they originally, I believe were all sort sourced stuff from MGP. And then they started finishing it in Oregon wine casks. Pinot Noir was the, the major mm-hmm. one. Uh, now they have their own stuff. They've got this fantastic rye. They've got bourbons. They've got their American whiskey and single malt whiskeys. Um, a lot of those single barrels are floating around and they're just a fantastic place to go and taste things because they have such a widespread group of, of things to try. You're not going to try five things that taste alike there. They're all going to be very unique. Awesome. I, I will be looking for that video. I, so here's my um, one thing too. Like the other thing, like being on the West coast, go feel free to sniff and taste um, is there's just not a lot of like, bigger whiskey events like you know what i mean like you don't have like the heat the big you know whiskey tubers it's all like it's all midwest ish east midwest to like kentucky and so it's like i would love to be able to like at some point like maybe have an event like with you guys or other northwest you know whiskey folks that'd be fun do something like that yeah we need a i5 meetup or something (laughs) (laughs) West 84, I-5-ish. There you go. Yeah. All right. So on my nose, it's just, it's kind of like, uh, like molasses-y, like a light molasses sweetness, a little corn forward. Pretty pretty light though. What do you guys get on your better whiskey? There's a, there's definitely (laughs) a a, a rich, (laughs) there's definitely a richness that you get with the 10 year, but I will say that the eight year, um, we don't have it on the shelf right now because we simply finish bottles of Trails on pretty quickly when we get them. Um, but uh, the Trails on 8, as I recall, is simply brighter flavors. Um, the richness okay. of the added vanilla and the depth of like the butterscotchy caramel on the 10 is is what sets it apart, I think. Yeah, I agree. I was kind of hoping I said, what do you, what do you guys get on your better one? He was like, it's just better. Like, just <laughs> leave it at that. This is better. <laughs> no. So trails end all by pretty frequently. Like when we have a get together and like the bottle doesn't last the night. Like it is super easy to drink. Yeah. Um, the palate is it's nice, rich, like sweetness up front finishes the nice mellow kind of toasted corn on it. Um, but it goes down easy. Like, yeah, way too easy. It reminds me a ton of Maker's 46, uh, but with more of the corn forward note than the wheat forward note. Yeah, for sure. All right. You guys got any other notes on the neat? Toasted oak. Toasted yeah. oak. Yeah, there's a nice, there's a good oakiness to it, too. I, like, mm-hmm. It's not over-oaked. It's not under-oaked. Um, yeah. But again... I'm got a little I got two years in staves behind you. Yeah. <laughs> I just like right, the so. way that it coats like overall. It's yeah. it's just it has a really nice mouthfeel. I agree with you about the the drinkability of this. Like even the one that we're drinking, which is a little bit higher proof, there's nothing proofy about this. Like the sip is just it's sweet, it's oaky, the vanilla, you know, some of that, you know, gooey caramelyness comes through, but it's mm. just a nice finish and it's just it adds, it almost like freshens your breath a little bit as you're drinking it. That's nice. Which is nice. Oh man, this is going to be part of my morning routine. That's a great yeah, point. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Roll <laughs> over and grab the bottle. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely <laughs> the best mouthwash I've ever had. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I dropped a little bit of water, nosing it. Ooh. It's uh, a little more vapory. I think the vanilla stands out a little bit more. 
Um, but other than that, it's like some nice sweetness. That looks like a very official pipette. It's I wish it could be a sexier thing, but it's just plastic, right? It's officially plastic. Yeah. Certainly. That used to be my girlfriend's nickname in high school. I wish it could be a sexier thing, but it's just plastic. <laughs> oh. I was going to say mine was officially plastic. Oh. <laughs> That's so funny. Phil always says that used to be my nickname in high school. That was my line. That was my nickname in high school. That, we can't get away from it. So, like, I yeah. we do it a lot on the podcast. Bye, girls. <laughs> All the girls are going to get pedicures from Mexico right now. I actually think and the water uh, water opened up the nose a little bit. Huh. Yeah. What 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 do you think standing out a little bit more? The oakiness really is forefront now versus the sweetness. That was on the initial. Yeah, it yeah almost, that's a good point. It was almost a musty oak before, and now it's a little, it's almost dry. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I think drier too. It's almost like a, it has more of like a, a nose of like a wine, where it's a little bit drier in that sense. I also yeah. like that you do all three neat water and ice cubes because we're big proponents of however you want to drink your whiskey. Go for it. The like there's, there's no right or wrong. I mean, because I started drinking, the only way that I could drink it was with an ice cube when I first started. Mm -hmm. um, and even now, there's some bottles that are just too hot or too spicy for me. And I, I'll throw a drop of, you know, one or two or three drops of water in it. Yeah. There are some wild flavors out there. Absolutely. So we did, um, you know, it's fun too, because like I, I was telling Phil, I don't know if you could hear me when you're off camera, but like, We'll do it with bourbons, and very rarely does a bourbon with ice be like, "Oh, this is better." But we've had a couple, and I'm like, I never would have thought to try that otherwise. Right. Um, even like uh, two weeks, so two episodes ago, we did uh, Blanton's Gold, and Neat was just like, "This is this is nothing. This is not great." We added the water, so it basically turned it into Blanton's Standard, and it was like, "Oh my gosh, like yeah, this is way <laughs> better." <this>. Like. <laughs> I had, a, I had a friend who just got a bottle. I'm like, man, we just recorded that episode. I wouldn't drink along with it. Just keep that one. Cause it's more like, just keep it on the shelf. It's cool. Yeah. But like, yeah. So I don't know. It is nice to do, but like, especially with scotches and Japanese, like ice is where it's at. Like you just open things up like crazy. Irish is sometimes too. So yeah. sometimes you get surprised. Uh, American single malts are what I, I'll put ice in that, especially like a real nice proofy one, like a Balconis. We've got a single barrel. It's 134 proof. The only way I drink that is with a just giant ice cube in and let it melt all afternoon. Yeah, for sure. You guys ever do Del Bach? Have you guys ever had Del Bach? We have not. It's very high up on our list of places to visit um, in, as soon as we can get down there. Oh, I'm telling you, man. Everything they do is delicious. Yes. No, like in a little bit of ice for that. Sometimes it does wonders. Even though like their white dog, their old Pueblo, it's uh, the most amazing thing. It's like you get such a different... Um, profile when it's mesquite instead of peat. It's delicious. Got to and plus, like, like you got a winter down there. You're not winterized. Just get down to Arizona, man. <laughs> well, they, it's not sold around here at all. The only way we've heard anything about it is online, and then from, uh, it, matter of fact, the Clear Creek uh, team, Joe, Caitlin, and Garrett. They talk about Whiskey Del Bach a lot. They talk about a lot of single malt distillers a lot because they also make McCarthy's there, um, and that's obviously they're big proponents of just this single malt world that uh, that's emerging from American whiskey. Yeah. No, if you guys, if you guys do get down there, let us know. We've got Cole cause he's originally, he always well, not originally, but he was in Phoenix for a while and we've, he's done the interviews there at the uh, distillery and stuff like that. An awesome group of people. They're super cool. So if you get down there, let us know and I'll have you, you know, mule some stuff back up for us. So yeah, you can do that. For sure. I know I was, yeah. <laughs> um, palette wise, with it, I think you lose a little bit of the mouthfeel with mm -hmm. the water that you were talking about, but it's, uh, I think it's a little brighter in the sweetness realm. Um, the oak is, I think, a little less there. It was more on the nose, less on the palate for me, but still delicious. I agree. I agree with everything that you just said. I was thinking the mouthfeel kind of went away slightly on that. Mm. I'm picking up some notes of honey now on the mm. palate on mine. Um, but yes, the oakiness was for some reason kind of switched there. Like the yeah. nose is very oaky now, less oaky on the palate. There's yeah. almost a spicier sort of crackery thing happening on the finish now. It did take out it 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 took away some of the satisfaction of the mm. finish for me. It's a little mm. it's just a little spiky now. It's not as smooth and lovely. Yeah. Which means like 
you're kind of closer to where the eight year is with water probably that's probably, yeah likely which just confirms i've got the worst of the poor <laughs> to be fair though we have to say we do enjoy the eight year yeah. as well that's no the eight is great. it is great yeah. so that's the nice thing too about being in oregon is you guys are an uncontrolled liquor state so you guys yeah can travel to different stores and like they can order different things. It's not controlled by the state. Like this is all we get here. We only get the eight in Idaho. So, well, we are, we are also controlled by the OLCC, um, the Oregon liquor commission. So that that's prices are the same across the board. Everybody gets the same stuff. Um, but Oregon seems to get a lot of things. I mean, we, there are some oddball things and oddball prices, but at least in the state of Oregon stuff that's made in Oregon, we can get everything. So that is nice. But yeah, there, there's definitely limitations to where we're at, but we actually, it looks like privatization is on the horizon, especially with the chaos of this last year and all the high-end bottles going to the, the high-end people, I suppose. So do they... <laughs> <laughs> um, Real hunger so, game stuff. So do you guys, does Oregon do like the liquor lotteries too then, or is it just... Yeah. It is, oh, yeah, yeah. For some reason, I thought, it was, I thought it was all privatized already. No, no. Oregon is real tricky the way that they do things. I, I it's, yeah. It, even opening a liquor store, you have to first convince the OLCC that we need another liquor store in this area, and then you have to out, you have to out talk all the other people that want to open a liquor store there. Um, and so it's it's a, a, a huge challenge. You know, we would yeah. love to be able to open up a little tasting room and sell single barrels out of it something like that, that can't happen here. And our mailing situ situation is a mess here too. We can't ship things out. We can't have things shipped to us. Um, there are some companies that'll, they'll find workarounds for you, but the, it's very rare and the, the legality of everything is questionable. Yeah. Well, we got to introduce you to our courier. Our courier, courier does all of it for us. He's the most manly man. <sighs> He's, uh, you know, some might say he's more male than any other man, but he's a great courier. So that's what you got to do. Love it. Wow. You, you well, see him coming a mile away in Oregon, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nose-wise with a little bit of ice, eye drops some ice. Um, muted. I think the sweetness comes through. Light oak. I would say, you know, sometimes ice will kill a nose, but this is not killing it. Uh, it's still nice. It's still sweet. Yeah, you guys are behind the, behind the ball on this sorry, one. I got sorry. You oh, no, no, no. Yeah, you, no. you guys, you were too fast for me. Didn't see it coming through. Well, when you I guys did are that talking, clean, I just use my hands, my like gardening hands from today. Uh, you guys smell earthier now. You you weren't looking, but I always put a bunch of ice in my mouth and like chew it up and try to hold the bat the best piece back, and then I spit the rest out. So like, you just using your fingers is is fine. It's yeah, better than what How I did. Do, we miss so. that? Did that happen? Did that really? You yeah, it did. You guys were just looking at each other talking. Yeah. Like that. You guys are so in love. How long have you guys been? You guys are married, right? Not married? We are married. Yeah. Married. Okay. How long have you been married? 17 years. Okay. Yeah. So Forever. Like, it seems like so <laughs> long. What year was that? So it's like 2007? Six. Yeah, 2006. Six? Yeah. What, what, what's, your, what, what's your anniversary? May what? six i go. almost forgot <laughs> so, no it's dude it gets hard so yeah, yeah so we're uh, my wife and i've been married about as long as you guys we we're uh july no july 28th <laughs> yes july yeah. 28th we, it's been that long it's just like it does especially when you have a cool spouse where you're yeah. not like you better not forget the date like you're just like it's just we are we are we're we're us He's actually like, better at remembering than I am. Like we don't worry about the milestones, honestly. Yeah, I was like, "What is it?" Everyone always asks us how long, and I'm like, ah! and then I'm like doing the math quick in my head. It feels like I should remember, but yeah. I forget how old I am all the time. You have to tell me. Yeah. Years how old are you? Really quick. Yeah. What's how that? old are you, Phil? Julie, uh, how old's Phil? <laughs> Gotta ask Julie. Am I allowed to say? Go ahead. Forty-three. So. We're we're right about i think how old am I? yeah i'm 42 so we're like same range class 98 97 yeah and julie's got us both beat if we're depending on how you're oh. scoring i like yeah. how julie asked you if she could say but you're just like yeah just throw it out there. <laughs> <laughs> That's all okay. right so speak speaking of age phil the band is the band getting back together you got played on the radio <laughs> the other day <laughs> no as much as well no, uh, they, those guys are all back in the Midwest and all have families and things. And actually, they all have families now. Yep. Um, and we have a cat. 
Uh, so <laughs> it's not a family. It's, it's a, it's, you can't yeah, go but I mean, comparatively, they've got a lot more going on than, yeah. than we do uh, with family and things. But uh, no, that was such a cool experience. It's been 20 years. And to, to hear something you wrote played on the radio for the very first time after all that is is pretty wild. That was a pretty awesome yeah. experience. Yeah, not just so, hear something that you wrote, but that it actually got played on the radio and not just, you know, someone throwing you a bone. Like it really, yeah. Yeah. Locals night. I mean, they picked it up. They, they liked it and they said they've been, uh, they got a nice response. And so they're checking out the rest of the album, looking for other songs to play, which is, you know, that's all it, fantastic. It feels amazing. I'm telling you, man, it could, it could no longer be the bourbon van. So it could be the bourbon tour van. Like, oh, we're going to, we're going to need a way bigger van. <laughs> you pull a U-Haul behind it. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. The other guys can be in a U-Haul. Yeah. yeah there you go. <laughs> they're back there with no windows. You and Julie have been married for 17 years. You guys need your own space. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Occasionally in the van, I'm like, this van works for one person. She wants me out. <laughs> <laughs> so my, my wife's, so our, our twins have not been sleeping well. And my wife's been working like a, a longer stretch. She's a nurse practitioner. So like, I was like, I'll just sleep with them in the bonus room. And then this morning I woke up, she sends me this reel of like, a good marriage is like when you want, like newlyweds are like, well, let's cuddle. I want to cuddle. You're like, no, that's a hostage situation. The longer you've been married, it's like, we need the California king because the king's not enough space. Like, get oh, away yeah. from me. I'm like, I was sleeping across the house. I'm like, thanks, Charles. I guess we got a good marriage. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> when we traveled to Europe last year, all the beds that we slept in, no matter what size they were, they had two mattresses. And we were, we yeah, never like slept two, so good. Like two twins or whatever. And then they just put like one sheet over them. But we were like, brilliant. This is great. Like, and some of them even had their own cover. Like it was like, um, it, they were together. It felt 1950s. You know, like you always see those old yeah, movies like, where like they like great, throw them together or something like my that. My grandparents like, always had separate beds. Like, yeah. Yeah. I was just like, oh, okay, whatever. I didn't understand it. But I'm like, I, I get the appeal. Like you could be together all day, but like a good night's sleep is worth yeah. a lot. Yeah. It's basically like good night, and then everyone rolls to the the edge of what like it's far away from each other as possible. <laughs> right. So true. Like before, you know, it was, there was like a whole cuddle situation, and now we're like, see ya. Right. <laughs> is I, one of your love languages not physical touch, and one is? Um, I I'd probably be more cuddly than Julie, but even I'm like, nah. I don't know. I don't think so. I think we're pretty even. even comes and split. Goes. It comes. It's, in, all it's about never the at the same time, though. So it's always like, yeah, okay. get away from me. Yeah. yeah. How about a hug? No. Temperature no. matters, though, because in in Bend here, it gets real hot in the summer, real cold in the winter, and we don't have any air conditioning, and so we don't look at each other for about eight months. And yeah, then when it's like, real cold in the like, wintertime, you do the the awkward like side hug, like okay. It, it only lasts longer if like you're sweaty and you stick to him for a yeah. second. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you, you, might stay, you might stay together but it's not yeah. my choice <laughs> that's the best marriage advice ever you yeah. might stick together but it's not by choice <laughs> oh crap so my my ice is probably not like more water but i like it with ice actually it's got a, like the longer it's sitting i get almost like an artificial like cotton candy nose off this which is weird a candy on the nose mm-hmm. here too yeah, yeah. um which is really a little awesome. Bubble gum. Little butter, bu- bubble, bubble gum. gum. I think it's more of a bubble gum. I'm with yeah. you there. Yep. It's so fun. It's it's. We rarely put ice in our um, whiskey anymore, and so it's always a little bit of a not a shock, but like I just drank it. I was like, "Whoa, it's cold." It's kind of a surprise. <laughs> yeah, nice treat. It got colder. It got colder with ice. <laughs> okay. Yeah, see that. So that's how I like Canadian whiskey, though. Snow cone of ice is just shredded ice, and then yeah. you dump it over the top. <laughs> yeah. And you're good to go all day on that. Um, I'm going to, I hate, like, I feel like this is like me trying to lean into what I was saying earlier, but I had no idea. I've never had this with ice. I like this with ice best. Like it is really light and refreshing. It's summer, summertime. So I'm like, that's great. But also it's like, I this bubblegum note, like crazy on it. I'm loving this even on the palate. Like it was there on the nose, but I'm like, it's on the palate as well. I feel like I maybe put in too a too big of an ice cube. That's possible because it is a little bit watered down on our end at this point. Yeah, it it lost the mouthfeel. It did lose which the mouthfeel. But kind of the big thing for me on uh, on the neat pour. That's what I like best about it. But I do like it better than with the wa- with just the couple drops. I agree. For some reason, the couple drops did nothing for the overall appeal. Like you lost all the things that you loved about it neat. Mm-hmm. And now this adds a different component, like different flavors are coming up, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. No, 
all in all, Trails End is awesome. So awesome, in fact, you guys, what do you, you've got a barrel pick coming out? We do. It's getting bottled sometime in the next 24 hours, we believe. Um, we went to Clear Creek Distillery. We hung out with uh, Joe O'Sullivan and uh, Garrett Trotter all day, and they gave us a bunch of things to try. Not just the Trails End bourbon, but also the Trails End bourbon finished in apple brandy barrels, which Ooh. is uh, the apple brandy is uh, Caitlin Bartlemay's um, claim to fame over there. And all of it is there. I'll do everything over there. But uh, um, her brandy is awesome. And uh, so we tried a bunch of different stuff, ultimately settled on just a trails end bourbon pick, no finishing besides the Gariana Oak. And uh, we're going to be getting it at cask strength. And that's I, we understand we're the only people that have ever done that before. Um, so this is a big jump in proof. Uh, when we were there, this was 125.3 proof. It may have gone up since then, uh, just because sometimes things change. Um, count me in. And I messaged you guys when I saw you guys had that coming. I'm like, I got, I got to get my hands on that. Because honestly, trails, like I said, I, I buy a bottle of it and it's a crowd pleaser. It is gone yeah. by the end of the night and everybody's happy. We so. basically tell anybody who's looking to buy a bottle for whomever right any occasion yeah any occasion we we love not only that they're local right so you're supporting a local oregonian you know distillery but it's also delicious it's like people who don't drink you know bourbon love it like you know maybe they don't love it at first because it's obviously drinking bourbon it's a it's a good entry bourbon too it is so flavorful and it's so delicious like we talked about like you can kind of just drink it and keep your the party going without having to take a step back. Sometimes you drink something, you're like, you know, it kind of affects you. Yeah. Um, it doesn't demand your attention. It It's something that you can just enjoy and yeah. sip on and it'll occasionally remind you that you're enjoying something because the flavors are always there. Yeah. Um, but it's also not going to distract you. So is that a good description? Yeah. I like it. Okay. Un- unless you drink as a coping mechanism, then you want it to distract you. But <laughs> right. We don't advocate for that. Find some, some help. Yeah. Uh, right. Go for a run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go for a run. All right. So, did neat water ice. Do you guys have? So, we typically do one out of t- like one to 10 rating scale. What would you rate your? So, and we always go on the best pour. So, like, whatever pour was your favorite, we go off that. What was your favorite pour and scale one to 10? What would be your rating? Would you like to go first? Is it the rating is just on just, just in general, everything we've ever had in our life? um it, it's yeah i mean like this is cumulative for your entire life yeah. we're talking breast milk to trails in tent i love it right like it's just like oh, as, as far as any whiskey goes that's tough where would you rate this good um i i would put this right up at the top <clears throat> for me the trails in 10 the, the neat pour is it's absolutely delicious it coats beautifully the, the aroma is incredible the finish lasts forever and that palate, it's so satisfying. It's so rich. It's so decadent. Mm-hmm. It was our Oregon Whiskey of the Year for 2021, the first year we did those. Um, it In the 10-year challenge that we did, it knocked out Jack 10, Michter's 10, and something else that was mm-hmm. really, really good uh, comfortably. It, it beat them all hand, handily. And so I, I don't, there's no doubt in my mind that this is a whiskey that is a crowd pleaser. It's delicious. And uh, I don't hand these out um, willy-nilly, but I, I would mark Trails in 10 as a 10 in my book. 10 for 10. Nice. Julie? Um, I also prefer the neat pour. I just think that it add, like all of those flavors really are more pronounced in that one versus when we added the water or the ice cube. I loved like the oakiness, the richness, especially in the 10, that richness is what you want um, in this pour. I personally go by things that I'm not so much dialed in on, you know, history and like nuances of whiskey. I go on pure enjoyment when I drink for the most Perfect. part. Yeah. You came to the right place because this yeah. history sucked. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, <I didn't. laughs> but, and so I take that into, a, you know, in this whole journey that I've been on, like I can appreciate really, you know, age things or whatever, but this whiskey has never disappointed me. And it's the one that I've always, you know, I suggest to people all the time. I really like, so I'm going neat pour. I'm also like high 
Phil's like going 10 and 10. I'll go with a nine just to, you know, like. Is a 10 an unusual thing to throw out on this on this show? How often does it a 10 be, a 10 It would happen? be the first. Yeah. Oh, crap. I'm just saying, like, you know, in, in my head I was thinking like eight and a half, but like maybe it's a nine. Um, so, because... like, so I guess 10 is like the best whiskey ever imaginable. Yeah. You would oh, go for man. it every single time. Mm. I give I give 10s up willy-nilly. You do. You're like, yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to... I mean, I don't know. Yeah, it, that, okay. So a ten out of ten isn't fair on my end. Um, You're doing it, it worked well. well with the. We drank the ten year. We give it a ten. Ten. Yeah. And yeah. for ten. Right across the board. Yeah, that that would be a, and that would be great. Say like the highest yeah. whiskey ever rated on this May, show. Maybe maybe pretend you're the Russian judge right now. What would the Russian judge fill? Oh. Filikovia. Eight. Would you? Yeah. I would say eight. Do, yeah. If you were the Russian judge, you'd be like, yeah. Uh, yeah. If I had do to be, an, do an ice skating, if I, had I to feel pick like it apart, they're really particular. In if ice I had to skating. pick it apart, I can name a couple of whiskeys that I would rather have in front of this one. There's not many. They're hard to find and they're quite expensive. So yeah. when you take all of that into account, this one's still very near the top of the list. Yes. I do feel like we're a slightly biased because we love it so much. <laughs> no. So I'm with you. So here's the thing I love it a lot too. Yeah. And like, um, I like. Do you guys ever drink two bar from Seattle? Mm-mm. Okay, so two. Like, I get. I think I get more prideful about like closer to home kind of things. And yeah. like, I shared the two bar, but Cole, this is such a good bourbon. He's like, eh. So it's like I get. I very much like. You know, yeah. it, there's. I think that's the only thing I love about whiskey is like you get soft spots for sentimentality reasons, right? Like, yeah. like, like it could be the crappiest whiskey you ever had. But yeah. you drink it at a place that you love so much with people you love, and you're like, I'll you, you just nostalgia, right? Right. Um, so I love this one too. I'm gonna give this a 8.9. I feel like again do decimals. I do well, we do, yeah, we can do decimals too. Don't let we him do decimals. No. <laughs> you uh, okay. He went <laughs> with a 10, and he's not concerned about decimals. <laughs> I give it an 8.9. I feel like again. Price wise, it's right where you want a bottle yeah. like this to be. Forty three yeah. bucks, forty bucks. Like that's yeah. easy to be like, oh, we're having a party tonight. We need a bottle of bourbon. We'll just put it out on the counter. Um, again, it's gone every single time. I'm kind of hub to what. Like I'm surprised with this with ice. Like I did. Like typically after we kind of like do everything, I'll go back to my favorite pour. Went back to the ice. I'm like, it is bubble gum. It's like artificial sweet, which isn't always something you want. Like when it comes to health. Right. But we don't drink for health. We drink for fun. We, so, exactly. yeah, I'm like, I'm loving it. I'm going 8.9. It's, it's a great bottle. And I'm surprised. Like, how about what? Because I would never have drank this with ice unless I did it on the podcast. So, there you go. That sounds good. All right. Anything else to say before we move on to our next segment? I like the whiskey. Yeah. You should, if you, if you haven't tried it, you should try it. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. All right. We're going to go ahead and go to our next portion of the show we have to call Whiskey World News. <laughs> And we're back. Part of the show, we're reading our article. Didn't write, going to read it. Here it goes. This one comes from the Hindustan Times. And I don't know what country that's from. And it's written by somebody. No title. No author here. It's titled, Kenyan Woman Hides 13 Crore Worth of Cocaine by Dissolving in Whiskey Held at Delhi Airport. A detailed search resulting in the recovery of her two whiskey bottles with cocaine, approximately 13 Crore, which I looked it up. I did some math is $1.3 million worth of whiskey in them. A 25-year-old Kenyan woman was arrested at the International Airport in Delhi for smuggling cocaine dissolved in two whiskey bottles she was carrying, a senior custom official said on Friday. Uh, The accused was intercepted in Gandhi International Airport after her arrival from Addis Ababa, Ethiopia, on Thursday. A detailed search resulted in the recovery of two whiskey bottles with cocaine worth approximately $1.3 million dissolved in them, the official said. The accused was arrested, and the whiskey bottles containing cocaine were seized. These bottles were handed at her Nairobi airport. She was suspended to hand them over in person in Delhi. The passenger was produced before a local court that sent her to 14 days. Judicial custody. That is the quickest article I've ever read on the show. It is also maybe one of the most interesting ones I've read on the show. Do you guys have any thoughts about smuggling whiskey or smuggling cocaine in whiskey <laughs> bottles. Okay, so this is a dumb, maybe not a dumb question, but... Um, <laughs> oh, there's you... nothing dumber than what we do on this podcast every <laughs> week, so feel free. But, okay, you make it through, so say you make it through mm-hmm. with your two bottles of cocaine-laced whiskey. Is there a way to distill it out 
Like how it's worth $1.3 million in liquid form. Are we, how are they? I suspect because of the whiskey proof that all you have to do is get it in a dry area and let the whiskey evaporate. Oh, maybe. Wow. I mean, I don't know if that's the case. We're, I, Maybe I missed this in the article, but she, there was not a to, lot of information in the article. They weren't trying to check it. I mean, I mean, they weren't trying to carry it on, were they? Because I was like, "Gosh, how I, I one good for the well, one I, for catching that." I think I think we need to keep two things in mind yeah. here. I'm I'm digging. To the, I'm asking the wrong questions. Uh, two things. Number one, whiskey's the wrong product to fake this with because whiskey's supposed to be clear. And it, you, there's no way that all that cocaine in there was going to allow it to be clear, right? It was, it's going to have to appear milky. And it, I don't care if you're a whiskey f- fan or not, you're going to look at that and go, that looks like the grossest whiskey in the world. I need to take a look at that. Also, you have to open it. Right. Yeah. And secondly, I think we owe a lot to uh, Colonel E.H. Taylor and his bottled and bond. Uh, <laughs> 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 the, the clarity of whiskey improved. <laughs> greatly and that's what started us on this road of whiskey has to look a specific way and so without without colonel taylor and his and, and bottled and bond we we wouldn't have she's just in her jail cell right now colonel taylor <laughs> you faulted me we, yeah foiled me again no i think i think that we have to be to be pretty excited about that but that's but that that takes some some cojones to wander around with that much cocaine in whiskey bottles and not just transporting it like be a vehicle, but trying to get on a. I'm just trying to figure. I'm just trying to figure it out. I'm sure you like rewrapped it. Hang in on. Did you yeah. say 14 days is what she was sentenced that's, to? I don't think she's held for 14 days at least. Yeah. I was gonna. I was gonna say being if you're only sentenced to 14 days, that's she, not much of a deterrent. Was produced before a local court that has sent her to 14 days judicial custody. I don't know what that means in other countries, but she's. Mm. I would assume that's like the arraignment period yeah. i don't know i was gonna say because if that's all you get that's not that's not much of a you, we're in the oh, wrong man. business we're in the wrong continent <laughs> Although lo- losing that much uh kroner what was it uh, this is 1.3 million dollars worth yeah that'd be i could see why that would be the deterrent <laughs> i i'm trying to think if this was a i mean obviously it wasn't a good idea but like <laughs> that was that was very uh politically spoken of obviously this wasn't a good idea don't do it yeah don't do that <laughs> do we, but, can we find out what type of whiskey though yeah what was the brand of whiskey because i would like given to given the lack of detail in this article already i don't know if we're going to be able to figure that out yeah no yeah because it would be a real shame if they've been doing this for a long time and people keep seeing it and going see whiskey looks gross to me i'm not going to try that (laughs) and that's a shame for the whiskey community at large (laughs) oh man all right sounds good we're going to move on to our next part of the show we have to call what whiskey would you choose and this week's question is if you were going to smuggle thirteen million or $1.3 million worth of cocaine into a whiskey, which one are you going to pick? No. Question for you, Northwest folks. And I'm just going to go you two. Typically, the, like, I'll answer two, then we have three answers, and then like putting it on polls is tricky, blah, blah, blah. I'm just going to ask you two. What is your favorite Northwest whiskey? Hmm. Can I answer the other question first? Because I would definitely... Yeah, use, absolutely. I would, go use, for that. I would use Fireball because I have to think that people will get a tickle out of that once it's a, you know, once the whiskey is removed, although it's not really whiskey, once it's removed, the cocaine would have a, a nice little cinnamon, little something Use going on for them. A little aromatic. Just for your customers. you would Wouldn't want that, but don't you think you'd be tipped off? Like if somebody saw like that you were carrying huge amounts of fireball, they're like, that's suspicious. No one's going to, no one's going <laughs> to check that. I don't know. I so, bet yeah. that, no, I, I people... bet TSA guys in India, that's a high five. Okay. That's my guess. People yeah, who like Fireball yeah. carry Fireball in high quantities. It's true. That's true. Right. They sell it by the box with the spigot on it now. Yeah. You seen that? Yeah. Yeah. The party box. <laughs> oh, the and the the box it's got cardboard around it, so no one sees how cloudy it becomes. It's, yeah. You know, it doesn't need to be opaque. It's like good point. There you go. The Fireball party box. That's hey, what I would. Off, that's what I would off, carry it in. Yeah. Off podcast. Let's work this business plan out. <laughs> <laughs> We can stash it on the van, and all of a sudden we're mules. Great. Uh, I forgot right. the question already. <laughs> the question was, "What's your favorite Northwest whiskey?" Oh, right. We totally did. 
whiskey or bourbon whiskey anything could anything. be a single malt could oh. be a bourbon could be anything that's tricky wow there's so many good ones do you have one well i'm just i haven't so i'm uh what we're wow there's a lot of of things going on up here look at you go i'm trying to think about what we would consider all of them the pacific like the northwest so just uh oregon washington would would go idaho is technically pacific northwest idaho too okay yeah but not down in california but i can guarantee you you haven't had anything from idaho that you like (laughs) um so I am partial to the Trails End brand. Mm-hmm. Um, it is it is one of my favorite. We do. I'm just throwing a couple things out here, and then I'm gonna maybe get down to one. Sure. Um, I also love Woodenville up in Washington. Mm-hmm. They do really great stuff. Do you do you like their bourbon? What have we had? We had the we, we had a bourbon, a single barrel that was great. The higher proof single barrel that was great. I and can then see the that. Next time we returned to it, it was weird. Yeah. But the the uh, cast the rye. strength rye that we've got is. Very, very tasty. I love the ride. Their their yeah. bourbon, I always get like a weird latex note off of it that's so off-putting to me, but I love the rye. Yeah. Yeah. We had just we did that one in a blind and it was shocking to it didn't win what the matchup was. Um, but it was shocking to us at the end when we discovered it was Woodenville because we had loved it so much originally, and then something, you know, maybe it was sun or heat yeah. or something. We don't know. That one was in the van with us for a while, so anything could have happened to it. And then the Westland is good. <laughs> it got well. a bunch of sand and dirt in it, and you forgot to scrape it off yeah. in a half day. Right. Yeah, about 1.3 million particles of sand and dirt got into it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh Westland. Yeah. Is that what you said? The single malt. I was looking at the Westland, yeah. and I know you love Bull Run. Yeah, there's so much good stuff. I mean, we're 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 spoiled for choice in the Pacific Northwest, and we're just starting to realize it. You know, Black Butte whiskey from Crater Lake Spirits is awesome. Made from oh, the I love Crater Lake. Uh, it's so good. Their Rye Special Reserve is mm-hmm. one of my favorites, but it, I've only gotten it once here in Idaho. So they make yeah, they produce great stuff. Their um, gin Westland. is awesome. Their gin yeah, is so good. It's my yeah. favorite to make. You know, in the summertime, make our uh, gin and tonics. We have a little tasting room just down the street from us. They make mini cocktails. They make mini cocktails. Fantastic. It's good. Yeah. Um, and then, um, shoot, there's so many good single malt makers. You know, Westward, um, Wanderback, uh, McCarthy's. McCarthy's and Trails End have to be at the top of the list for me. But I would also give a shout out. You got to pick one, Phil. I know. I know. Right I know. Time. I was like, we're just going to name them all. And then yeah. we'll run out of time and we won't have to make a decision. I think I think, <laughs> I think the Trails End 10 is as good as it gets. Yeah, um, it's a fantastic 10. bourbon. It's a crowd. Yeah. You, someone once gave fun. it a 10 out of 10, which is unprecedented. Yeah, I've heard yeah. that. I've heard somebody gave it a 10. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would. I also want to give a, I, I want to give out a shout out to uh, one that's like, rising quickly on my ranking of pacific northwest whiskeys and it's uh, oregon spirit they have a new bottled and bond rye and it is so unusual so huge it, the flavors are enormous and i've never had a hundred proof whiskey with so much just massive flavor come through that like took me someplace like we were talking about you just like a whiskey that reminds you of a great place or you know the friends you drank mm-hmm. it with or whatever and it, it, it just evokes such an amazing, like, memories of, like, sitting in my grandpa's house smelling his pipe and, like, oh, like yeah. that sort of thing that, uh, yeah, Oregon Spirits Bottled and, by, bottled and Bond Rye uh, is coming out. It's, it's becoming more available out there. But uh, top of the list for me is still Trails N10. I love it. Yeah, and I was just thinking if I had to choose one, I'm going to go by the criteria of what would I pull off the shelf? Like, what do I have on the shelf that I would actually pull off and drink? Because we have a lot of stuff that we carry as more collect like collector stuff that mm-hmm. I I'm like, Oh, that's good, but I'm not going to drink it. And that trails end really is something that I drink on the regular. Yeah. So yeah. you're both going trails in 10. I think so. I yeah. think that's my favorite. We go through a lot. Well, that's going to be awful for when I put it up on a Instagram poll. So thanks for sabotaging that. Which oh. one's going to win? The same one? Oh, shoot. We'll pick a different one. Okay. I can, I can pick gotta, a different yeah, one. Yeah, Phil's going to pick I a different pick one. My, my bottle of the Phil's year. already listed year. like 12, so I have. I, I don't think Phil's going to have a problem finding it. His bottle one. of the year was a bull run product, right? Wasn't it? Well, that was the that was the bull run straight bourbon whiskey barrel strength won the Advent tournament for me. But the bottle that, that really is just a wild ride and a delicious bottle is McCarthy's American Single Malt. 
also made by Clear Creek Distillery. And we have a single barrel of it that's 113 proof, and it is absolutely amazing. It's peated American single malt, and it is awesome. So you can put that one up there for me. Perfect. I'll do that. And here's <laughs> the thing: is this is probably going to be our like worst poll ever because like there's just not a lot of people that know of these places but they got to figure it out like i'm learning from you guys like i don't i i don't get out enough i gotta like figure out go hit some of these distilleries up head over to oregon i know i feel like we should have put we should have thrown out a something more readily available like a westward or woodenville or something so westland or something that's readily even even redwood empire that's northern california that stuff that could go in there too they're yeah. lost my real good great st- oh yes it is oh. i don't really consider I, that northwest but i guess it would be it's northern california yeah cascadia close enough phil you have shown yourself to know more than me time and time again in just the last <laughs> hour so i will agree with you <laughs> perfect thanks <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to close out here, guys. I hope you had a good time coming on. I hope our listeners enjoyed getting to meet. Hopefully you have, you're not meeting. Hopefully you're like reintroduced to the bourbon van. Thank you guys so much for coming on. But most of all listeners, I hope our love of whiskey lifted your spirits. You're both yeah. idiots. Sweet. Most no, of I our think... subscribers are voyeurs, as it turns out. <laughs> <laughs> we had no idea. Now we know. Are you sending them pick, uh, feet pics, Phil? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, make, I sketch them for our Patreon. I mail them yeah. to them. It's old school, but people seem to like it. <laughs>